You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. How comfortable are you talking about sex with your kids? Have you thought about when you'll talk to them about puberty? When I was a kid, my parents bought the Where Did I Come From book, if you remember that from the 80s, and left it on my bed. I was so embarrassed. Not only did I not read it, I went and put it back on their bed. And they probably always thought that I had read it and knew about puberty when in fact I had no idea because I was too scared to read the book. Lily Isabella is the CEO of the One A Day Project. She travels the country teaching parents and children about sexual health and safety. Hi Lily, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Siobhan? Good, thank you. (laughs) Have you since read the book. I haven't, you know, I would love to. Do you know what? I may I may be exaggerating. I think what happened was they put it on my bed and from memory the cover had a series of um, photos maybe. I don't know if they were or maybe I had a peek inside and saw how women's bodies changed and it just freaked me out and so I, I must have had a peek and then went oh no I can't cope and put it on their bed so I don't know how I knew anything really mind you I did live a lot of my life thinking men had three balls so that that could okay. be the reason I, I would love to do a show and get, get everybody our age to come on and talk about the most ridiculous thing they thought they knew about sex when they were young because oh wow I've heard some I've heard some doozies in my life was the three is the three balls up there the three balls is, is quite up there <laughs> the things I admit we haven't even started talking yet um, well okay so I reckon when that book was put on my bed probably I was around 10 or 11 I reckon what age do you think is the right time to start talking about puberty and sex with children oh look this is this is a great topic to be talking about today because I was tucking my three and a half year old in last night and you can imagine we have a very open household but he completely nailed me last night as I was tucking him in he's like right tell me who made me like there's no there's no messing around with this kid. <laughs> tell me who made me. Is that what he tell said? Me, yep. Tell me who made me. And I was like, well, me and Dad made you. And he's like, right. How? <laughs> like, okay. Here we are. Three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and and what was your response at three and a half? At three and a half, it's um it's about marrying up where your child is with honesty. So for him, he understands, like we've had chickens, so he understands eggs and he understands that that's part of the, the life process. And we, we blend a little bit of spirituality in there as well. So my response to him, to our family, was that I have eggs and Daddy has what is needed to make those eggs work. And we make love. And when we make love, then um, those two things come together. And sometimes we create magic which is you, little human. And then we blend the spirituality in. And he was that was enough for him at that point in time. But I know in the next couple of months, there's going to be more questions. He'll take that away. He'll mull that over. He'll have a little think about, just how did Daddy give that to Mummy? Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll have that question next. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when parents ask me about an age, it's usually child-led. 
in the under five. Usually um, there is a question about where did I come from, how did I get here, or it will start even earlier than that with why do I have a penis, why do you have a vagina. So it is most of the time child-led, so it's more about parents being ready to have an answer on standby instead of getting nailed with a question and then going, um, uh, uh, I, uh, a bird brings the baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we found you in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Under a cabbage patch. Santa came early, but yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some, one one mum admitted to me one time that she had told her, her four-year-old that Mummies grew babies in their tummy, and then when they were ready to be born, they climbed up her throat and out of her mouth. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> horrific. What child wants to be given that image? Oh, my Lord, that's worse than what actually happens. <laughs> it's like alien. Oh, here we go. That is insane. So I definitely have noticed with my children and both my kids uh, have been quite different. My daughter, I don't think she ever asked me where babies come from. My son, who is five now, has asked quite a few different questions about that sort of thing. So definitely it's been led by them. But I heard a story about a one of my colleagues. Her son must have heard a song at one point. And in the song, they were talking about giving head. And he was obviously too young, but he asked her that question. And uh, I was like, God, how do you even respond to that? What would your suggestion be if a child hears something in a song lyric or from friends at school and it's it's an explicit sexual act so it's not even just the basics of where did I come from or Mm. that sort of thing or what's what's going on with my body it's something completely out of their experience how how do you deal with that oh that's that's such a great question it's one of my favorite questions and when we do the courageous conversations uh, forum with parents we teach them six skills and it's kind of like a checklist. And the first, the first skill is don't freak out. Like when you get- <laughs> okay, because that would totally freak me out. <laughs> it would totally freak me out too. Uh, a a mum shared a story one time in the forum where very similar question. She said, you know, first day of school, her daughter got off the school bus. She was six years old. And across the car park in front of all the other parents, she was like, mum, do you know that boys put their mouths on girls' vaginas? <laughs> <laughs> across the car park and she said I ran picked her up like a football and just ran into traffic with her to get away from it (laughs) so so number one don't freak out don't Mm -hmm. freak out because you'll end up you know running into traffic Um, (laughs) way more dangerous way more dangerous and the second thing is stay really calm third thing is be really honest okay so you don't want to go into the mechanisms of of oral sex with a six-year-old or a four-year-old in saying that, just know that, especially if there's older kids in the house, the media and the music and the things they're going to see on TV are going to expose them to ideas like that a lot earlier. What you want to really be aiming for is to be that person that your child checks those messages with. So it's great if your young person is turning around going, Mum, what does that mean? Because you don't want them Googling it. Mm-hmm. So, That's very true. <laughs> very true. It's going to be a lot more graphic than what you're going to tell them. Mm. Um, 
so staying honest and staying calm sets you up as the person that they can reliably come to for information. If you freak out or if you lie to them, you'll lose them. Mm. And they will go to the internet for answers. And that's where we're having so many problems with young people being exposed to porn. But be honest with your answers, but age appropriate. So um, in, in your friend's instance or in this lady's instance, your child just needs to know that, that there are lots of things that adults do together when they're in love or in a relationship that feel really good. And that's one of them. And as you're, when you get older, you'll get to explore all of those things when your body feels ready and when you really like that person that you're with. Now, that, of course, is the horror situation most parents would be hoping not to be in, even though thank mm. you for that very good advice on how to handle it. <laughs> the flip side of that is if they never ask questions. So take my daughter, mm. for example. My concern with her not asking questions is more along the lines of she's probably like me. <laughs> she's, she's probably like, I don't know, no, that's not going to happen to me. Uh, no, that's got nothing to do with me. Um, and, of course, you don't want them to, you, you don't want them to remain ignorant of those things, but you also don't want to freak them out by talking Mm. about it. I mean, what do you do if they just don't display any curiosity around their sexual, well, not their sexuality, but you know, where babies Mm -hmm. come from or puberty or anything like that? A lot of the time, children will develop in their own way and time, but sometimes kids just are those kids who won't ask questions and who are shy about coming forward. And so the, the conversation needs to be a little bit more led by the parent. So my recommendation would be to watch movies together where um, somebody is entering puberty And so you've got a context in which to start a conversation after the film and start talking about, oh, do you know, do you know about what happens to your body when you get a bit older? And you can start a, you can start asking really curious, gentle questions instead of just being at the dinner table one day and going, oh, so did you know that you're going to get your period and bleed out of your vagina every night? (laughs) (laughs) That's confronting. (laughs) I think her father would flip out more than she would, but you know. Having, having context reading books together, there are there are hundreds of amazing books, both for young girls, young boys, and now thankfully um, young non-binary people as well uh, that explore puberty, sexual development, human relationships, um, and they're great to read together. They're also rather than putting them on your young person's bed, which is a bit <laughs> confronting. Thanks, <laughs> mum and dad. <laughs> I'm a big fan of leaving them lying around. Mm -hmm. So kids are naturally curious about what they're not meant to see. So if you kind of leave them in semi-not obvious places, then they have the choice to go, oh, what's this? And it retains that element of letting them find out in their own time, starting a conversation, letting them satisfy with a bit of curiosity um, and giving them some privacy around that to start that. And once you see them starting to explore that, having having some conversations and going, oh, can I read that with you? So my sister's little girl would be nine now. And of course, I, I learn everything about parenting from my sister because she had kids <laughs> first. And she said to me that 
uh, parents were starting to talk to their kids about puberty now. now. And I was quite shocked um, because I thought, oh, God, I thought that wouldn't be happening for another couple of years. Is there an age bracket that you think is appropriate to kind of start that conversation around books or movies if your child hasn't asked you those questions? Uh, Look, I'm a really big believer in integrating talks about puberty and the changes that happen in the body as a really normal part of um, family life. Yeah. So if you're if you're parenting a daughter and you are a female who is still menstruating, parenting a daughter, you've got an opportunity every month to normalise what changes she's going to go through at puberty. If you're comfortable being open about how you experience that yourself, so just the simple simple things like um, what you use for whether it's tampons or pads or a cup or sinks pants or whatever it is, having those as a normal part of your routine that she can see is a very normal, healthy part of your life gives her some structure so that when you do start actually having a conversation, and I would say, I would say, you know, seven, eight is, is quite a good, it's quite a good, normal, natural time. Yeah. Um, we're seeing girls very young, 10 and 11, go through puberty. So you really, you do want to be in there before it happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. And, and if she has a framework where it's very normal, very natural for periods to occur, for, for there to be, um, you know, even bras. <laughs> yes. Take her when you go bra shopping. And it's part of the conversation. That's part of a natural, normal cycle in your life. It's much easier for a young girl who's seen how it, how it can be very natural to understand that these changes, while they're tumultuous, are actually great. And what about <clears throat> boys? I, when I knew I was having a boy uh, and I was like, whoa, I don't know what to do with boys. And, of course, it's, once you've got them in your arms, you just go, oh, this is fine. I know what I'm doing. But every so often something will come up that um, I feel like, oh, maybe this is something my husband should teach him. But, you know, sometimes husbands aren't as, oh, how do we put this? Confident. Yeah, confident, or they don't think it's as necessary, you know, because they some, some oh, look, I'm being very general here and possibly exposing too much about my own relationship. But a lot of parents, both male and female, can feel like, oh, well, the way I was parented was fine, so I'm just going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their parents may never have mentioned puberty until, you know, they were married and having kids themselves. You know, they may not have broached the topic in the way that you're suggesting is is quite a healthy and natural way to do it. Um, Do you have any thoughts on whether it should be the dad talking to the boys and the mums talking to the girls? Um, I think my dad might have tried to talk to me about puberty at one point and I was... (laughs) mortified it, your parents sound like they tried really they hard. did bless them my poor father what he suffered um do you have any thoughts on that in terms of what is best for the children do, do kids prefer to hear about this stuff from the same gendered parent look i think um i don't think gender has all that much to do with it i think relationships have much more to do with it And I think if you are the communicator in your family, then use that to your advantage. Boys are, I have three sons, so (laughs) I I hear you. (laughs) 
And I was a single mum for a while too, so there was no other man mm-hmm. to go, oh, I'm not doing this one, you absolutely need to. I'm handballing this to you. It was like, oh, there's nobody to handball this to. Right. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> I think as well that if, if no matter who is talking to, to young boys, uh, it's really good to observe how your son communicates best. I know for my boys, especially my older boys, it was that parallel communication. So bushwalking, driving in the car, building something together, something where they didn't have to make eye contact with me, bringing up related films, books, anything that we were doing, seeing in the in the media was much easier or, you know, just random off the cuff while there's no eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Conversations. Yeah. <laughs> worked. Worked a lot better than that kind of direct face to face. Can we talk about this mm. approach? Um, so allowing them to drop in and communicate with you when they're comfortable. And I think that's. I think that's for all kids, but I, I do think that especially rings true for boys when we're talking about vulnerable, vulnerable things and the the. The changes that are happening in their bodies are a very vulnerable thing. But I think mum or dad absolutely can tackle that. So mum, if you're the communicator. (laughs) Excellent. I think I'm going to have to get you to send me a bibliography on uh, what books we can leave lying around the house for our children. There's one online if you want to have a little look on the the website, theoneadayproject.org. If you go to resources, there's a list of about 200 books. Excellent. Age appropriate groups that we've culled from lots of different sex educators all over the world and popped up there. So, and they should should link directly to their Amazon buy links so you can just get on. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. Let's start talking about sex. Look what Santa brought you this year. It's amazing. It's a whole library of puberty and sexuality. Tell me, what's the most common thing that parents get wrong when they're talking to kids about this stuff? Okay, I don't think there's something that parents get wrong across the board, but what I do know after after 20-odd years is that what will get in the way is whatever is still showing up in your own sex life and your own attitudes and beliefs around your own sexuality and body. That is so interesting. As is always the case with parenting, isn't it? It's oh, yes. stuff that we need to work on that, that always shows up when we're parenting and we go, oh, look at that. Isn't that interesting? Yes. <laughs> so I guess the challenge for parents is to really examine their own relationship to their body, their self-esteem around their body, what their attitudes and ethics and beliefs are around sexuality and relationships and their comfort and discomfort zones. In their own in their own lives, and you'll have a really clear map then of the things that you need to be prepared to to talk about because they will be coming. <laughs> well, it sounds like an interesting date night conversation for any uh, carers and parents who are partnered. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's your homework. If you're listening and you're thinking about this stuff, next date night. This is the conversation starter. (laughs) Well, Lily, thank you for ending 
the conversation on that note, giving people some a bit of homework to do. Um, it's so interesting, and we will put the links to that list uh, in the notes of this episode. So thank you once again for chatting to us today. My absolute pleasure, Siobhan. Thank you. <laughs> That's Lily Isabella. She's the CEO of the One A Day Project. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.